You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered podcast. If you're a new listener, hey, thank you for joining. If you're a continuing listener, I'm so happy to have you back. Have you ever wanted to start a business or have you started a business and then decided, you know what, I, I want to do a franchise, but I don't want to do fast food. I don't, I don't really know my options. And then you get overwhelmed and you're just like, I, I don't even know where to start. Well, I have the perfect guest for you. Her name is Diane Ployce. And listen, I ask all of my guests to tell me how to pronounce their names before I, um, you know, interview them because I'm not the best at that. And I'll like try a million times. And I just realized that this is the right way to go. Well, listen, this is something that makes Diane unique. She told me, the first thing is she gave me options. It, she said it rhymes with choice, voice, are Rolls Royce. And to me, that is just for, great. That's just big money energy right there. And I mean, she is a franchise business matchmaker. She does the same thing, gives you choices and options with your best fit for your franchise. Opportunity based on your goals, skills, interests, and investment level. Um, she's originally from Wisconsin as a, and was a dairy farmer. And well, she grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin and is a proud cheese head. Her links are in the show notes below. Uh, definitely check out her LinkedIn um, where she has a pretty substantial following. Thank you so much, Diane, for joining me today. Thrilled to be here, Olivia. I love your energy and your enthusiasm and everything that you're doing. So honored. Thank you. And you've been in business for about 17 years now, right? It has been 17 years, but who is counting? It has it has flown by. I just I think that's just so impressive, honestly. Um, I I really I started this podcast because you know I wanted to learn from the best, and women cannot do business like men can because women have more things that they have to think about. Women have to. Women can't be a Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same thing every day. Like we can't do that. Like that is no, no, <laughs> in no history of life can we can we do that? And you're not a black turtleneck girl. <laughs> no, no. I mean, even okay. The thing is, no one will say anything about Mark doing it. Matter of fact, they say, you know, that's right. Have the same type of clothes. It doesn't matter. Let a woman do that. That's true. I think we derive a lot of pleasure. And we put our personal stamp on, on what we wear. And some people are certainly more into it than others. But nonetheless, it, it somewhat represents us and who we are and how we come to the table. Yeah, yeah, it, this is so true. Now, I want to get into your background. How, how did you go from being, you know, in a dairy farm <laughs> to being a business owner for franchises, like that's a huge jump. Now, dairy farmers, that's a whole business in itself. 
So, yeah. yeah. So being originally from Wisconsin, where there are probably more cows than people, it was a wonderful upbringing. We lived right next to a lake and there were many cottages around the lake. During the summer, what we call the cottage kids would come over because they love the farm. So we would play in the hay mows. We would jump in the straw mow. They would help with baling hay. I took my cows to the county fair and state fair. They would help me get them ready for that. And we'd train them. So they thought it was great because they didn't have that opportunity to do that. And I loved it <laughs> because it made home turf much more enjoyable. But nonetheless, I did not want to stay on the dairy farm. I went to college, didn't quite know what I wanted to do, started majoring in home economics because it was an option. I was very involved in 4-H and I didn't know any women in business, but I knew women that had advanced through 4-H. So I thought I could do that. And then I picked up a second major, a communication major, proud to say that I graduated I believe summa cum laude in four years with a double major and got into advertising and marketing, which I did for many years. When my husband took a job in California, I became the trailing spouse. He had been home for a few years with our young daughters. We somewhat switched roles. I answered one ad for a marketing director for a franchise development company. Now, I didn't know anything about franchising, but I did have that advertising marketing background. I'd gotten an MBA in that field. So I was hired and feel very fortunate that opened up another whole world. And, and in many regards, the people that I work with, they go into businesses that they don't have any background. They look at those skills that are transferable and they say, I've got good people skills. I'm comfortable hiring and managing people. I can build relationships. I can read financial statements, whatever their strengths are. And we look at leveraging those. So to some extent, those are things that I did successfully and want to help other people look at that. Many times in the work world, you have to have a certain pedigree or you have to have a certain number of years or you have to have completed um, a coding course or whatever the case is. And with a franchise, most of the time, they don't want you to have industry experience. They want to teach you their way and they want that open mind. They can't teach that attitude and that can do it um, attitude that people bring to the table. So that's what they're looking for. And that's the long story of how I got into franchising and recognize that it's a wonderful place to be. So I did work on the franchisor side. Again, similar to many of the people that I work with, I was downsized and I was shocked because I was part of senior management. And I thought of all the travels that I had done and events that I had missed on behalf of the company. And yet it happened. And that opened up another door for me to become an independent consultant under the franchise umbrella. And that was 17 years ago. And I very much enjoy talking with people, showing them options, learning about them, seeing if a franchise might be right. Sometimes when I work with people and they're in career transition, I tell them that they're probably going to be in that catbird seat. 
because once they start looking at franchising and recognize that they have additional options, they, they come to life and they're much more attractive even in the work world. So it's not unusual for them to get a job offer and to also look at a franchise and say, gee, I like this. And I might also be offered an opportunity to invest in a franchise. So that's to me, the best of, of both worlds there to be able to make that choice. That, and it's, that's such an amazing opportunity that we have here in the United States. Um, I, I don't know about other countries per se, but I know we're, we're in the United States. So that's just one of the things that I am like extremely grateful for. Um, now I know that there are so many different types of franchises. The ones that I know about are not, they're not just like the food ones, but they're like jump castle places and like gyms. But what are some other options uh, for franchise? Okay. So if we look at some brick and mortar options, there certainly could be hair salons that come to mind. Many of the fitness studios are franchised and in both of those options, you don't have to be the person working in the business, but as frequently is said, you are working on the business. So if you have a hair salon, you will probably never ever cut hair, get a license, shampoo ahead, but you will be hiring the people who will be doing that. Likewise with a, a fitness studio or a, a gym concept, you're not going to be the person leading the fitness classes, but you're going to be the person who has hired the manager and recruited staff, and you're going to be running and managing that business. And many times with those business, they scale very nicely. So people will start with one unit, go to three, go to six, go to 10. If they want to be the empire builder, they could grow to 100. So it's it's a totally different mindset again than, than a job. You're you're running a business and scaling that business. So those are a couple of options. When we think of uh, other uh, types of brick and mortar, it could be a staffing business that works out of an office. It could be a senior care franchise that works out of an office space and their neighbors might be an accountant or an attorney or an insurance agent, but they don't have the flashing sign, but they are every bit as good or better than any franchise out there. Thank you for that. What, what are some books that you would suggest um, people read to get into that mindset of being a franchise or especially if they've always been an employee? Sure. One book that I highly recommend, written by one of my colleagues, Rick Bizio, the book is called The Educated Franchisee. It goes through looking at a franchise. I was fortunate, I feel, in that Rick asked me to edit it because my communication background, and he nicely did credit me that in the beginning of the book. I've recommended it to many people. He also has a workbook to go with it. I think that's a great place to start. Another book from a while ago that I like is The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And I especially enjoy that as an audiobook. To me, it's like Jack is talking directly to me and he talks about taking full responsibility 100%. 
So from a mindset standpoint, that is one of my all-time favorites. I honestly, that was the first book that I read that I was like, oh, I like reading. I'm, I'm complete. I only read when I had to, like when I was in college, I was not, I was not a reader, but that book really helped get me in a better mindset in general of just the possibilities. Um, yeah, that's, and I think it's great that you, you mentioned that as well, but and I, it's also interesting that you had a communications degree. I got, I had my degree from Florida state in professional communications. And, um, when I was in like the third grade, I was in a junior 4-H club. So <laughs> when, when I look at 4-H, so I did just about every program possible. I took my cows to the county and state fair. I did sewing and I was in dress review and county and state fair. I took entomology. So I'm out there with my mosquito net. I took cooking and baking. I took photography. I was in leadership. I got to go to Chicago. I got to go to Washington, D.C. as part of a leadership conference. So there are many doors that open. And I don't think we hear much about 4-H anymore, but growing up, it was very significant and very influential for me and provided a lot of opportunities. It sounds like you've had like such an interesting life filled with events. Like you've done a lot of, of, of events. Um, quick question. So what type of person is like drawn to franchising? The type of person I believe that is drawn to franchising is someone who has that fire in the belly, who has a certain amount of self-confidence and they say, I can learn that, I can do that. I want my hard work and effort to benefit me and my family and why not? So let you know, let's see that playbook, give me that recipe and let's go. I can execute. In many respects, that's the person that I think does extremely well. They, they've got that open mind. They're coachable. They're willing to follow a system. And they have a certain amount of experience that they say, I, you know, I can do this. I'm ready for that next step. And I feel like there's there's more safety nets in franchising than if you were to start out a business on your own. Um, what do you think? Well, I'm tremendously biased, but I, I totally agree. When I work with people, and sometimes the people are, are very smart and sharp, and I ask them candidly, so why are you looking at a franchise? You could probably do this on your own. And they'll say, yeah, I, I looked at that, but how long is it going to take me? And I'd have to create everything. And how many mistakes am I going to make? At the end of the day, when I'm done, what is going to be the value in, in Bob's business rather than in having that brand name behind it with all the systems? So they're, they're usually ready to go. And once they start training and they get that to-do list of everything to do, they'll usually say to me, I can't believe I was thinking of doing this on my own. I would have missed this and this and this, and I would have not expected this. And this would have been a big surprise. And now it's not. 
So there is a great deal of safety net because a franchise is pretty transparent. You're going to learn about a lot of things from the franchise company. They'll have a franchise development rep who will walk you through from call to call, usually hour-long calls via Zoom, and they'll talk about the advertising, the marketing, the territory, the IT platform, their training, their support. They'll go through the legal document. You'll have a chance to talk to franchisees. So you can say, hey, Bob, Mr. Franchisee, what, what was the training like for you? How long did it take for you to hit break even? What is the support like? And you can ask all of these questions and verify everything that you've seen and heard. So unlike a business that's independent or that you're starting, that you do a lot of research, it's still the unknown. And with a franchise, it's really a risk reduction strategy. There is still some risk, but you're bringing it down because you're checking all these things first and you're learning about them. And hopefully they would fit you and your skills and what you want because a franchise is really a vehicle to get you somewhere. So what is that place you want to go to? Is it is it financial? Is it lifestyle? Is it to be able to work with a spouse or a partner? Is it to be able to leave a legacy for kids? All those are options. I love that you you brought all of that up. And I, I was just thinking about from just like the legalization point, um, because they're going to have all of that stuff in place. They're going to know what laws are in place in so many different states too, especially depending on how established the franchise is. Um, and I'm, I've worked food and bed for like 10 years. So I'm working at like so many different concepts um, in five different states. I've always been like, I would never suggest anybody that's never worked in food and bath to ever open anything in the food and bath. But if they were to do so, I would suggest them do it with a franchise because franchises have, and I've worked for corporate, I've worked for mom and pop and that's not just food and bath, but there's just certain standards that are already in place that make it just, yes, that risk reduction is a real, real thing, especially with, right. you know, we, we have no idea what's going on in this world. You know, there's constant openings and closings all the time. Like you don't want to have that extra stress of starting a brand new restaurant or a brand new gym. Plus they'll have approved vendors. So you don't have to look at that. They probably have approved suppliers. So again, you can say, oh, you've done that legwork, you've done the hard work, you found good suppliers, good vendors that have the products we want at good prices. Thank you very much. <laughs> saves a lot of time, saves a lot of effort. Let's go. Who doesn't like that? Yeah, that's that's definitely. And, and many times you've got buying power. So you're getting things at much better rates than an individual can because they're able to say, we have buying power here for advertising or for uniforms or whatever product that is. Yeah, it always helps when you like have a foot in the door. <laughs> connections <laughs> are great. You got to get connections when you're when you're with a franchise. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm a solopreneur and it's different. But, you know, if you are investing and in, I mean, I I guess I didn't even think about it before as much, but I feel like that's definitely something that I would consider doing later on in life. 
Well, there are a lot of people that look at franchising as an encore career. So some of the people have climbed that corporate ladder, they've made it to that corner office. And sometimes they say, okay, check that box. Now I want to do something that maybe is more personally rewarding or fulfilling for me. And they look at a franchise as that option. Or they say, I've done that corporate career and I've traveled and I miss certain things. Now I want a business that I can be involved with in the community and I can be home at night for dinner. So sometimes things change and they look at things in a new perspective and they say, I'm ready for that next option. And I feel like we're always changing in life. Like that's just what I've gathered from all of the people I've talked to and just watching myself like grow and develop over time. I think each season of your life is just going to be different and knowing that this is an option and that there are people like you to actually help them decide. So what's working with you? Like if somebody wanted to, you know, open a, a, I guess, join a franchise, what would your steps be? I would ask that they reach out to me. I do post frequently on LinkedIn so they can look at the articles and get comfortable with me or on my business Facebook page. I have a quick chat with Diane.com where someone can go to schedule a short intro call to get started. But we have a process we go through. We first start with a short questionnaire. It's about, it's four pages, takes about 15 minutes to complete. And then we do what we call a consultation call. And that's where I spend a lot of time getting to know that person, their interests, their skills, their goals, their why for the business. That call takes some time. And after that, I will write that information up in what we call their franchise business model. That's what I use to find companies for them that would be available in their area, that would be viable, that would be a good match. I like to come back ideally and recommend three companies so they can learn about them and compare and contrast. Looking at a franchise is very much of a two-way street. So franchise companies are going to be looking at that candidate and evaluating that person and saying, we've got a territory here and we want to award it to the best person possible. Is this person going to be a great representative of our brand? And likewise, the person looking at the franchise company is going to say, do they have all the systems and infrastructure and everything that I want all ready to go? And is there value there? Do I like the other franchisees? Do I think that the management team has the insight and the foresight and is going to continue to grow and expand this business? So it's that, that two-way street. It's, it's a wonderful learning experience. Too many times, I think, especially with women, we don't give ourselves enough options or enough choices. And we've somewhat been indoctrinated, go to a good college, get a good first job, and you'll figure things out. And no one ever talks about business or ownership. And I feel the pendulum now especially is, is swinging over and it's a very viable option. Yeah, you know, in August um, of 2021, 4 million people left their jobs and that trend has continued. Um, and I feel like there's a lot more people now really looking at what their options are. I don't think that all, now I know all 4 million didn't just quit and stop working. I know some, you know, stopped working, chose to go on their own. Um, others switched careers, switched jobs. 
Um, but I'm sure that there's people that quit their jobs, had no idea what they were going to do, just sitting on an essay um, <laughs> or just sitting on something like, you know, just took a step back to, you know, reflect. It's like, okay, I want to do something. But I feel like there's a, there's been a lot of people just dibbling and dabbling in things. Um, what are some of the trends that you're seeing when it comes to um, franchises and new ones opening up as well? Sure. Certainly, as far as a trend, I think people are much more open-minded because they've worked from home. They realize that they could do it and they go, oh, do I really want that commute? Do I really want to go back in the office? I think it has provided that springboard for them to consider other options. So this may sound a little crazy, but what is doing extremely well are home service businesses that are COVID resistant and deemed essential services. Now, these are the non-sexy, under-the-radar businesses. They're usually related in some way to the home, and they've grown so much because we've been home, and we see things, and we want walls painted, or we want a handyman service to fix something or to install something, so they've done very well. If we look at home services, it could be a franchise that does roofing, insulation, gutters, irrigation, uh, painting, flooring, window coverings, handyman services, electrical, HVAC, plumbing, lawn care, pool care, pet care, senior care. All of those are service-based businesses. Sometimes they can start out of a home office, sometimes out of an executive suite. Many times you are the person running and manage the, the business. So you are not the person, for example, working the drive-through or flipping the burgers to use the McDonald's example, but you're hiring the techs, you might be giving the quotes, you're interfacing, you're involved in the community. So a painting franchise, they never ever want you picking up a paintbrush, but they will work with you on how to find painters and what to look for, the training, the quotes, all of that. That's all part of their, their business model. And many of those businesses are Monday through Friday, no holidays, no nights, no weekends, nice margins, lower investment. There are things that Amazon isn't going to do. They're probably not going to be outsourced to China or somewhere. So you start looking at them totally differently and say, oh, man, this is a whole industry I never considered. There's no national brand. We've got people in the business that might be great technicians, but they're not great business people. They haven't kept up with technology. Maybe they can't schedule a call online. They don't have everything built in that you can give a quote on the spot. So those are all things that a franchise brings to the table that make it much easier and, and much more exciting. I I love that you opened my eyes to that side of it too, because I didn't like, I, one of the things that I thought of was like Mary maids, um, you know, like house cleaning services. And I'm like, Oh yeah, there's a lot of things. And I'm sitting there thinking you're talking about painters. And I'm like, yeah, I want, I want my house painted. And a lot of people, like we tried, we tried the whole, like, we'll do it ourselves. We, this house was like our, our practice house is what I like to call it uh, because it's like, it's our first home. We're going to try some DIY projects and we're not those people. 
we're, we're just not. <laughs> so, so I'm one so of those I, people that will be using those services. So I have to share with you that we had a, a project and we hired a handyman to come over to do it. And my husband is a amateur woodworker. So he has built a couple of, of sailboats and he has all the tools and we don't actually have a garage. We have a workshop. Anyway, we had this handyman come over to give us a quote and he just scratched his head and said, so why am I here giving you a quote when your husband has all these tools and could certainly do things? And I said, yeah, we like to stay married. So that's why we outsource these things. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it might not get done on the time you want it to get done. I don't know what yeah. y'all setup is, but like that's one of ours. It might not just it just might not get done. Plus, with these services, now we see more people not wanting to do them. They're more of a do it for me. So they may not have the tools. They may not have the expertise. Or even if they do, they say, I'd rather go and watch my kid's soccer game. I'd rather do something else. Let's hire it out. Because otherwise, they're going to be making half a dozen trips to the hardware store to get the right plunger to fix the parts in the toilet or whatever the case is. And there's value in having it done right and done right the first time. And even as simple as lawn care, you know, I, I feel so good when I sit out in my backyard and my lawn is done. I feel like a good um, homeowner when I pull up to my house and it's been freshly cut and I don't have to do it and I'm supporting the local economy, you know? So, <laughs> and, and that's the thing where when you work with franchises, it's not just some big, huge company conglomerate. You are helping employ local business okay. owners. Yes, absolutely. That's an important point and a very, very valid point. And with a lot of these businesses, too, with a franchise, many times people can schedule online. Sometimes they renew online. So some of the businesses that you just mentioned, one of the things that's very attractive about them is the repeat nature. So when you talked about that residential cleaning service, most of the time franchisees say, you know, I don't like to clean. I'm never going to clean. But I see value in the business that a homeowner wants someone that has gone through a screening process that is insured, vetted, all of that, and that is reliable so that if they have their clean, their house cleaned on Wednesdays every two weeks, that every two weeks it's clean. So when it comes time to sell that business and you can say, oh, Mrs. Smith has been a customer with us for 10 years. We've cleaned her house every other week. She's this great customer and you've got no inventory. It's done during the day. You go, oh, that's that has value. So usually those businesses sell for a higher multiple because of that repeat nature. Yeah. People are always after those reoccurring um, income, reoccurring income. I'm thinking about expensive because it's expensive. It's definitely an expense for me because I, uh, yeah, I do not. My husband was deployed and that's when we really got one. And that's the first time in the history of my marriage that my lawn was done all the time. And I'm well, like, I can't go back. <laughs> well, and that's what you find with some of these service-based businesses that you learn to rely on them and you want to continue them. Also, since you mentioned that your husband was deployed, I 
need to mention that franchise companies love veterans. They appreciate them because they follow systems and are used to procedures. Usually veterans make better than average franchisees. They outperform and franchise companies know this. So they offer a discount off the franchise fee, that one-time franchise fee to many veterans. And that's a wonderful way to say thank you, but to encourage them to look at franchising as an option because not every veteran easily assimilates into a civilian world either. And just another option for them to consider. Yeah. And I mean, I know just from being a military spouse, after listening to the government for, and it's going to be 20 years and moving wherever they want you to, like, you know, you had that move when you were, when you left Wisconsin and went to California. See, I'm going to have it every couple of years and I've already had it already. And it's just after you get used to somebody telling you where you have to live and uprooting and stuff like that, you kind of want to be in charge of your life on a different, a whole different standard. It's, 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 and it gets a lot harder to just work for companies that are not really put together, right. That don't have the procedures and in order and everything like that. And you, I definitely see franchising as such a good option for military. And, and many times too, they want to be involved in the community. They want to hire other veterans if possible for employees so there's that multiplier effect as well. Yeah, that it's, I, I'm just learning such a wealth of knowledge from you. Like I'm, I'm yeah. really excited about franchising. And I mean, I'm definitely going to send people your way. And I know that you're, you're very affordable for people. Well, my services are free as in zero, nada. <laughs> We are paid by the franchise companies, no strings attached. So I am always happy to have a conversation. I work with people nationally. Uh, Sometimes I chat with people and the timing isn't right, although it's never perfect. But sometimes they'll say, I need to save a little bit more and they'll come back in a year or two. I did have one person come back after 11 years. And I did not remember him, but he had been my newsletter that whole time and said, I am now ready. And I went, all right, thank you very, thank you very much. So, and sometimes I've had people take a job and then get downsized again and and come back. So again, I try to work with people where they are and see if I can help them. But my services are totally free. Yeah, like I don't know how more affordable you can get than that. So <laughs> but it does it does require time because you will be learning a lot of things. So you will have to make a time commitment. You'll have to be ready to roll up your sleeves, so to speak, take notes, listen and learn. And there's usually homework that needs to be done every week. And you know, either way it goes, like as an entrepreneur, I invest in myself. Heavy, <laughs> you know, like that's just one of those things that you you almost have to do. And if you're, you know, if you've been an employee and you're listening and you're thinking about going the franchise route, um, being a business owner requires investment, investment of your not just money, but really 
your resource, your most important resource, which is your time. You have to be willing to invest that. Right. I would also highly recommend that the person have family support. So occasionally a spouse or partner is hesitant or, or not involved. And if that's the case, I'm not certain it would be the best fit because there are going to be good days and not so good days. And, and you want to have that family support as well. Absolutely. Because I mean, you think like, think about the stress that you have now, if you're an employee, then just apply pressure to that stress when it comes to employing other people and not, you know, with franchising, it's, it's, it's different, but still just owning a business. Just there is, and I don't think people talk about that that much and just learning how to deal with that pressure. What are ways that you, you know, being in business for as long as you've been, what are ways that you handle that pressure? Well, I feel again fortunate in that I have colleagues that I can chat with and say, oh, I worked with this great person, but something happened or whatever the case is, and the timing wasn't right. So I have colleagues that are a sounding board that are wonderful. And, and many times in a franchise family, you also have that. And there's a real camaraderie because everybody knows what it's like. So when you have successes, you can call someone up and you can say, oh, I you know, just did this. Or when something falls flat, you can call someone up and say, man, I can't believe I did this. They told me in training someone was going to do it and I'm that person. And, and sometimes you just need to commiserate. So I find that to be very helpful. I'm a big podcast listener, so I... I'm doing a running streak and I listen to podcasts all the time. And that has added to my length of runs because I want to make sure I get the whole podcast in. And I find that very invigorating and, and motivating learning about, and I always listen to business podcasts. <laughs> so that for, for me is helpful. But in that franchise network, the one thing too that people don't realize is that it's not very competitive. It's more cooperative. So I can help you. You can help me. We can both do well. It's not at the expense of one or the other. And hopefully the better we do, the more it helps everyone else. All the boats can rise. I love that. And yeah, you, you did mention that you're a runner, um, which I run sometimes. Like I like to just not, not, it was 14 degrees today. Today was the, that was the high. So, I'm, but, but you, you're dedicated. You're what's your morning routine? Like, how do you do your life? I'm just interested. Well, I actually was much better younger when I was younger and I had a running partner and it was, it didn't make any difference what the weather was. It was that, that dedication, that commitment. And we would check the weather just to know what route we had to do because we'd always want to run into the wind to start because on cold mornings, if you don't and you've got the wind behind you, then you get sweaty and then you're running back into the wind and you're cold and that's how you get sick. So that's what we would check. But it was always get up, don't do anything else. Just get your get your run in and then start your day. <laughs> I 
and I go to the gym. I do, I do. But man, man, one day I'm going to think of you the next time I go running when it's less than 20 degrees outside. I'm like, you know what, Diane, <laughs> Diane would do this. Diane. Well, <laughs> and, and I had, I had some friends, I am the back of the pack runner, but I had some friends that were dedicated and I just kind of followed along and I recognized again that it was possible and I would have never thought that. So the, the very first marathon that I ran, one of my friends said she coached me. And I remember we plotted it out. We picked a marathon. We backed it up and went to start. And that week I was traveling or bad weather or something. And I said, oh, Linda, let's start next week. And she goes, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're starting this week because that's part of the plan. And there's always going to be something and the weather is always going to be challenging. So we're starting. I went, okay. So <laughs> I think having friends or a coach as some of the things that you do is essential if you want to hit some of those goals. You're absolutely right. And I mean, I, I do, I do. I have, I have those things. I'm just being ridiculous right now, but you know, this, what you're just, what you're saying just as confirmation to this podcast that I had a couple of weeks ago about um, successful women and the characteristics I find among successful women and you know, you mentioning community and how much friends matter and the quality of the people that you keep in your life and being able to have those conversations with the people you're, you're with and having those authentic relationships. That is one thing I mentioned of being a successful woman that, that I attract, like that attracts me to them the most, like that I view as successful, uh, cause everybody's view of success is different, but, um, you know, I think that that is just such an overlooked thing, but it's so important. It is so important. And we hear, we hear about that. And yet to make time to align with like-minded people, with goals of people who are learning and progressing and achieving is rewarding and fulfilling. But it takes some, some time and some effort as well. Oh, absolutely. Like one of the biggest things for me is building community, building relationships with people in person, virtually. And I, I love that you mentioned that about franchise, you know, being a solopreneur, you don't really have that. You really got to go out for that. But with a franchise, you know, it not being a, a competition, it being a lot more collaborative than wanting everybody to win. You've already got that community of people to help uplift you when you're feeling down. That's a huge bonus that I don't think that enough people realize when it comes to being a part of a franchise. Exactly. Or you're hiring your first person or you're hiring your 10th person. You have this network out there to say, hey, give me some tips here. Where did you have some pitfalls? What should I learn from you? And please share that. So maybe one quick example. Years ago, a woman was referred to me who was going through a divorce. She was a part-time music teacher for a parochial school. She had two sons. And she said, I'm going to be getting some money as part of the settlement. And I have no business background, but I would like to look at a franchise because of the systems and the infrastructure and all of that. 
And I know I can't raise my two sons on a part-time parochial music school salary. Well, this woman had an open mind. She had a big heart. She had a big personality. And she has done so incredibly well. She embraced business. She asked questions. She learned. She applied. She started off with one territory, bought a second territory, bought a third territory. This is a large franchise, over a thousand units awarded. I just saw the award that they gave for this past year, and she was number she was in the top 25. And for a business that started out of her home, uh, she now did over four million, which is pretty amazing. She has the staff. She's learned. She's embraced. She has built a, a real business and had a lot of help along the way and is in return helping other people and other women explore options as well. So, and at the time when I was talking with her, she said, I don't know if I could get a decent job. What would my job pay me? How long would it take me to get to where I need to? So this is where her hard work and her effort and her big personality all came to play and it was it, it was all assets that she had within herself that we could just bring out. That is so beautiful. I love that. Like that, you're, you're really making me like think consider franchising. Like it's 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 opening up a whole nother world to me. And I hope that you know the listeners are are now opening their mind as well because it um it is definitely an option. Um, and, you know, def- I definitely, if you're listening, definitely follow her on LinkedIn, follow her on Facebook, see what she has to offer. If you're, if you're still on the fence, you know, just, just to get a little more information, she provides tons of value on her pages. Um, and yeah, that's, this is why I do this to bring you value from successful women all over the world that are trying to make it a better place. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the interview. It's franchising certainly isn't right for everyone, but I do think it's an important option for consideration. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much. Was there anything else you'd like to say? I think you asked a lot of questions. I hope I added value, true value for your listeners. And happy to chat with anyone and hopefully make some new friends and, and contacts. And if I can help in any way, that's what I'm here for, to be a resource. Thank you so much, Diane. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.